I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. This is Kate. Welcome back. If you're back. If you're back. If you're new here, this would be an odd time to begin listening, but not really. a wonderful time. We are doing a bit of a retrospective today, and we are... And just two episodes left, right? Yes, this one and one more, honey. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Let's take that in for a second. Mm. This is our second to last episode. Some Thank of the listeners might have started here. crying right now. It's okay, listeners. Everything's going to be okay. I think folks are going to be okay. Because when God <sighs> opens, closes a door, he opens a window. Okay. That's good. So... For the record, God is not closing the door. We are closing the door. But, you know, in the way that God is within each of us, I suppose God is closing the door. Or goddess, if you're Penelope, who's our five-year-old. Today, on the day of this recording, she is five. On the day this goes live, she has been five for a week. Oh, the memories. So we're talking today. It's kind of a nostalgic day, you know? our daughter's fifth birthday we're talking about lessons learned in our 10 years in business together which p.s it hasn't been exactly 10 years but it makes a better title it's been like nine and a half and officially it's been seven years but like basically we've been in business since the day we started traveling together Mm -hmm. you know so i thought i I think that's fine yeah top lessons top lessons learned in nine and a half years of business together it doesn't have the same no. flow. <laughs> ta, ta. Yeah, 10 years sounds better. Well, also, we have been in communication about business for 10 years. Yes, we have. So it started like June of 2010. It started June of 2010. Yeah. We met in Chicago. I was there with my cousin, shout out to Rachel, for an investing seminar. And then Mike was there also visiting some business colleagues. So our relationship sprouted on a business field, if you will. It did. (laughs) was a weird way of saying that. It was. (laughs) And we slept in the same room. Yes. On the first night we met, which was just by happenstance. And my cousin was there with me on the air mattress and Mike was on the couch and it was awkward. Here we are about to take off into our next 10 years, which is going to look really different. But I'm a huge believer in before you move on to the next thing, complete the thing you were just doing. Now, I'm a huge believer in this because I'm bad at it. I am like the queen of leaving things half done and and starting the next thing. But when it comes to this podcast and connecting with you, our community, and also, of course, my relationship with Mike, it's really important to just honor and acknowledge the ending and complete it well. And one of the things I've been talking to both my Origin Incubator and Origin Mastermind groups about, because both of those programs are coming to a close, at least the 2020 version, we are going to be doing a 2021 mastermind. But one of the things I've been talking to them about is to really look at your relationship to endings. And in our culture, we really, I don't think we do endings very well. We have a whole idea 
an, an ethos that endings are bad. And we also don't have a lot of training to deal with grief and just all the things that come up. So when things end, many people unconsciously get into disappointment, get cranky, pick a fight, go into avoidance, get too busy to pay attention to what's happening with the ending. There's so many different unconscious habits that we might do. And so I am just aware of that and wanting to do this particular ending awake. Cool. So should we start? Yeah. You want to start, honey? Sure. So we just wrote down a few things. I don't know. I wrote like six. How many did you write? Like six or seven? It it, it doesn't really. I I wrote like nine, but I bet you we have some repeats between the two of us. Yeah. So we're just, we have not talked about these before we started recording. So we'll see what's overlapping. And it's kind uh, of like if we had written our own vows and then surprised each other at our wedding, which we didn't. We wrote our own vows together and did not surprise each other. But this is kind of fun to see. I'm excited to see yeah, what I you. Yeah, I think that was. I like that process we did because some because the wedding all itself is a really overwhelming process. So like having to listen to someone else's, yeah, to like really be present, you'd have to rewatch it. I think. Kind of I've also it. been at weddings where they did that, and one partner really went all in, and the other one really half-assed it, and it's pretty awful to kick off marriage that way. <laughs> energetically i'm not saying that would have happened in our situation i'm just saying it's a risk well i've done six (laughs) bullet points and you did nine so yeah but you did it ahead of time and i did it right before we started recording so so. there's that anyway okay (laughs) um well that's a lot of pressure you know like to write dual vowels and like share them in public like it's a lot of pressure i'm glad that we did it the way we did it things are going oh here's my i'm gonna go into my first one (laughs) things are Somebody gave me these note cards. Who gave this to us? I did. You did? You yeah. gave this to me? Yeah, that's right. It was in my stocking. Yeah. Right. I With love like stocking stuffers. A w. It's if you st- have any favorite stocking stuffers, will you please DM me? I know we're not in the holiday season, but Christmas stockings are just my all-time fave. It's this W with like antlers growing out of it. I think it's I don't adorable. think I've ever looked at it until right now. Like in detail. It's kind of funny. So things are going to take longer than you think or that you want them to meaning like it might take longer you know there's so much stuff about the get quick thing it's like lose 20 pounds in five days and then make a million dollars and some of that stuff still exists but it definitely has died down from when i first started on the internet in 2000 you know 10 years ago or where it was like everything was like you can just live on a beach by working really hard for two to three months. Now, that is possible. It does happen, right? Like there are companies that have exploded in a very short period of time, but for the vast majority, it takes longer than what we want them to or that we think they should. Do you have an example from our business of what brought this to mind? Yes, so many. I think everything that we've ever done, (laughs) you know, it's like, I think the planner, the do less planner is a great example of that, you know, just from we pre-sold it in November and then it took a long time for them to show up at our warehouse to get sent to customers. That was an example of us not realizing because we went down this first time trying something. We did not. It's just like I wasn't aware of how long it was actually going to take. 
I think even with us striving, I mean, that's one example of like a practical piece, but I feel like even if we think about you kind of finding your, your calling and what you wanted to do from when we started in business together. And even before that, there was like an eight to 10 years before you and I were working together. Right. Was that right? So that took like, what, 18 years for you to really from kind of... the time I started officially in business, it was 18 years that it took me to discover my true calling. Right. So that's a long time. Yeah. Or a short time. I mean, time, it's not like how... I was trying to find Correct. it the whole time. Right, right, right. When I started trying to find it, it was right there. <laughs> yeah. But I just think from that standpoint is it took, and even for me, like the journey I'm on now, you know, that started, like I had a paper route for five years through middle school and high school. So like that was kind of my first go of like me making money doing effort in, you know, kind of running because with the paper route, you wanted to like make sure it ended up at the front door to get more tips and the whole thing. But yeah, and then that was a long time ago, you know, and then kind of where things have evolved till now. So yeah, I just, it's this process where we want things to go quickly and it just takes a little bit of time sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. I think in general, it's an excellent tenet to give yourself more time than you think you're going to yeah. need. And I could really stand to do that more. Just putting that out there now. Yeah. Okay. I just like, it really brings it back to like, I can write this back to like you being pregnant and then, you know, growing a human in your body and then also like having a baby for me, like what it was like to have Penelope five years ago. We'll bring it back. To having Penelope. a baby, what it was like for you. No, just like having a newborn <laughs> kid. Sorry. Let me <laughs> correct that. Yeah. It was so exhausting. Let's talk about what it oh was like. Oh my God. For Those you. 10 months was so exhausting for me. My body went through so much transformation. I actually did. I think I gained like 20 pounds while you were growing a baby. But that was my own issue, not yours. <laughs> so it was a, yeah, just like it takes us longer to really kind of figure things out. And I remember it took, it was like 18 months with both kids. It's like once we hit 18 months, like there was some sort of normalcy coming back to life where yeah, I felt like we had a bit more of an even keel. It was interesting because yesterday I was on a podcast and before we started recording, we were talking about ending our podcast and you going in a new direction business wise and stuff. And, and she asked me like, you know, why? Like, why, why do you think so? And I said, you know, quite frankly, this has been something we've been working towards for a long time, but in the vein of it just takes longer than you think. We needed stability in our lives and we needed to not be either, you know, I needed to not be pregnant or postpartum. You needed to not be sick. Like it took a while for us to have enough stability to mm -hmm. even be able to consider a pretty dramatic change like this. Yeah. So, Okay. I think that's enough on that. Okay. So mine is, not surprisingly, do less. So I would say, and we talked about this on our episode on in the Ask Us Anything episode, part one, my number one lesson in business continues to be do less. So do fewer projects, offer fewer things, have fewer bells and whistles in all the things. Just keep it simple. And if there is one thing I have learned over and over and over again in 10 years of business, it is 
do less in all the ways. How's that working for you now? I get better at it every day. And then sometimes I have a backslide and then I recommit. So it's cyclical, but it's Mm -hmm. an upward spiral of a cycle. So each time I relearn the same freaking lesson, I'm at a higher level of consciousness than the last time. So I am always making progress. But damn, this lesson, it's my life lesson. I'm a seven on the Enneagram and my life lesson is sobriety. And my sevenness, the enthusiast, comes out in just wanting to do all the things. And so sobriety in this case is really learning to like be with myself instead of do all the things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you learn things from people who are experts and masters at it. And sometimes you learn things from people who are figuring it out themselves because it's their big life lesson. So I am the latter. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's a good good thing to think about is just how do we be with ourselves more throughout the day? Because it's so easy to be distracted now. Anyway, you guys can let us know. You guys and gals, people, humans can let us know how that affects you if you are being with yourself more. Okay, next is... I wrote down one of the biggest lessons that I have gone through myself is the comparison game. So this also comes back to kind of my first point and also what Kate said is it takes a little bit of time. At least for me, it took a little bit of time to find my own groove. And I think for us to like find our groove in business together, because it's really easy to compare and look at other people that are in your industry or in other industries and just in the world and to say, I want to do what they've done or, and not, it's just, it's so surface to be like this one for me was, it's like even watching, it was like Tim Ferriss. I used to follow Tim Ferriss quite a bit, you know, and I really liked his business model and I liked his advice that he had. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And you know, let's go that route. And, you know, he was a single guy at the time and I had, I was married with a kid or one on the way or something like that. Right. And I was like, actually, it was when Penelope was born is when I really had the insight to be like, oh, I have to take what someone's advice is through my filter and then put that into my own life through my own actions. And so when it comes to building a business, realizing like the journey that you and I have been on for five years with two kids and like me being sick, et cetera, if I try to compare that with somebody that doesn't have children and is like just being able to do whatever they want for five years without, you know, it's like they might be have a partner or something like that. But it's not fair to myself, number one, because it's like it devalues my own life experience. And the reality is that person's on their own journey and not on Mike's journey, right? Mike's on his own journey. So that was a big thing that it took me a while to actually learn because it's also as a male, like you get really ego driven where it's like the fancy cars and the houses, you know, just like the materialistic stuff was attractive to me for a while because I wanted to achieve things that I didn't have. Like I wanted to gain things that I didn't have. And some of that stuff is still like, I I still like materialistic items, you know, that's pretty cool. 
but it's the way around it is much different now than what it was when I started in business a while ago. So it's just looking at what that comparison game is for myself and realizing like everything that I see on the internet is not necessarily who that person really is, you know, behind the scenes. I was listening to a podcast the other day and these, and this is a kind of an, a good example that closes this out for me. And then Kate, you can comment. They were just talking about they're in the fitness industry. And one of the guys that was on there was sharing about the person that they were watching work out and how it's like they did all these workouts and then they went and did more and just how fit that this human actually was in real life. And then when you go work out with all these other like Instagram fitness people, realizing that that sometimes it's not always true. Just because you look good on a camera doesn't mean you're actually like a fit human that can do some cool stuff. And so it was getting to the to be like this person's the real like this person was like the real deal. She was outworking a lot of these other, you know, this was a woman and working out with men. She was outworking all these men that she was around because of how much in shape she was. And so realizing that just because you see something on the Internet does not mean behind the scenes. That's what's really going on. And I think we've had plenty of opportunities to see that up close and personal in our own life. Yes, for sure. Other people who we know from the internet, just knowing what goes on behind the scenes. Just, you know, FYI, things are rarely what they seem. In our case, they are often what they seem. For myself, mainly because I'm a terrible liar. I literally, like the other day, they're awful. The other day, (laughs) there was a big box in the kitchen and the girls were having fun playing in it. And so then they wanted to get fully in the box and for me to close the box so that you couldn't see that they were in there. And then Mike was coming home and I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, get in the box. And then I put another box on top of it. And so it looked as though the kids weren't anywhere. And Mike came in and he's like, where are the kids? And I like just couldn't even my plan was to be like, I thought you were picking them up, but I couldn't even. <laughs> Like, I could not even say that because I can't even lie about our kids being in a box on the kitchen floor. I just lost it. I couldn't stop giggling. So anyway, just so you know, we're basically telling you like it is because I can't I literally cannot do otherwise. I think that's a really good point, honey, and such an important reminder for everybody, including myself. So my next one, and this is in particular, it's for all businesses, but there's a little extra layer for those who are in business with their partner, which is to hire support earlier and to fire faster. So hire support like as soon as you think you need it. And I understand that there's a financial reality that sometimes you just don't have the money. However, I wish I had hired support earlier when I was on my own like a VA, because I got so backlogged and I could have made up that extra income easier if I could have offloaded, you know, 10 to 15 hours of tasks a week. So just don't get caught in the illusion that you can't get support. There are a lot of incredible, you know, connection agencies online where you can get support overseas. And folks who are doing that work overseas are making an incredible living and are able to do it from home. So there's just a lot of possibilities there. And I would say, you know, hire as soon as you think you may need help. And I would say if you're hiring at that point, you maybe needed to hire a little earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like once you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Same thing. 
No. Yeah, and even hiring at home, like on the home front, might be the most the first hire oh my that gosh, you do. I loved Rachel Rogers did a Maven masterclass in Origin. P.S. The doors of Origin are opening in October. We are going to be dramatically reducing the number of enrollment periods we do. So if you have been wanting to join Origin, this will be your time. OriginCollective.com. You can get on the wait list. And when you join Origin, you'll be able to get this Maven Masterclass from Rachel Rogers, which is honestly worth the price of admission for a month. She talked about that the most important hire that a woman in business will make is the person who helps her do laundry. And she went off about <laughs> about the laundry. And it was so inspiring to me. And very shortly after that, we hired somebody to help us with laundry. Because the bottlenecking of your energy when you're thinking about like, I have to do all the house stuff and I have to do all my business stuff is not a good use of your time. Like it is not a good use of my time to be doing laundry or yours. No, I don't want to do laundry. And it doesn't mean, you know, and like I would much rather be a conduit for, you know, for money and spread it around our community rather than thinking that like that has to stay in our bank account. It should go to another household. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. There's people that like to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? And so that's that's great. Like, if you don't like doing those things. If I love doing laundry, I would do it. Right. There are certain home things that I actually do love to do. I actually really like folding towels. I don't do all the towels, though, but I could. Okay. So it's actually not that I love folding towels. It's that I'm really particular about how they're folded, which is something different. Okay. So and then I would say. It's exhausting. For us. (laughs) For everyone else in the house. I'm sure you've heard about the towels before if you've been a longtime listener. Okay, so hire earlier and I would specify with this to get somebody in between you and your partner. When we had Licia working with us and then Abby. Well, that's only if you're in business with your partner. I said that earlier. Okay. And now Chandra, who is our integrator, it's been incredibly helpful to have an additional person so that like I'm not checking up on Mike for tasks so that we have a person who works with us who's checking up on Mike for tasks or vice versa. It's been really helpful for our communication. So I wish we had done that earlier because mm-hmm. it really was a game changer when it worked. It really worked. So if you are in business with your partner, get a project manager, get somebody who is going to be not that they're going to go between you on everything, but like a go between on tasks. So you are not reminding each other to do things because listen, that'll be the quick breakdown of your marriage. If you're (laughs) like nagging each other about outstanding tasks in your company, at least it would be for us. And then, of course, we've all heard this fire faster. Like if it's not working, it's not working. It doesn't mean, you know, I have a friend who has a large company and she had a three strikes operation. So it was, okay, you get one warning. We talk about it. You get another, you know, not a warning, but you get another conversation about like improvements that can be made. And then if it's still not being improved upon, then you're done with the company, which sounds pretty ruthless. But I think giving people, you know, a few chances to improve. And then if it's not a fit, it's just not a fit. Yeah. So those are mine. Yeah. And just like a word on letting people go from your company, there are going to be situations where it's like you are gone today. Like we've had a few situations. Just one. I think two. Yeah, definitely. I know of one, but I think we've had two where it's just like this happened and you're like, yeah, you can no longer work here, you know? And so 
it's not the game that we play. So it's letting people go is uncomfortable no matter what. Like if you're comfortable firing people or letting people go, it's like you've lost your soul in you a way. You might be a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's possible. <laughs> it's just, it's because you're, you're, there's emotions that are tied into this, right? Because you think about the livelihood of, you know, you think of the livelihood of, Kate just mentioned our integrator, Chandra, like her family and her livelihood, like you, you, her you think about that, nacho. right? Her dog, like it's <laughs> like you, these things are real. It's reality, right? Like this person has something and we're paying her as an employee to work for us and to deliver work on our part. But like, you know, we're giving her money as a pay and this is with any employee, right? Like, and then they're going to give you a service in return. If that service in return is not being delivered, why would you keep supplying that person, right? Like, why would you keep paying that person? And so I, it, you just have to get very clear. And in the beginning of starting a business, like this can be a little uncomfortable and it's nerve wracking, but you know, like we've known in our bodies whether or not something's going to work out almost all the time. So I think it's for, yes, it can be uncomfortable to let people go and it's emotional, but actually it's best for both parties. And sometimes you know that it's the best thing for your party and you know it's the best thing for that person or that company or whatever, like if it's a freelancer or something. But they might not realize that until it's later. Yeah. You know? We have had a couple of situations, though, where the conversation has basically gone where the person has been like, you know, I'm leaving anyway. Like it's been yes. it's been a, several times where it's like becomes apparent that it's somewhat mutual. Yeah. And then a few times where later on the person realized that was right. really for the best. And then, of course, we have other times where people are like, I got to go. And, you know, that's cool, too. We want everyone to thrive. And so really, at the end of the day, you know, our goal is not to keep people in our company. Our goal is for them to thrive. And so whatever that's going to take is what we're supportive of. What's your next one, honey? So I will just say, let's talk about leadership a little bit since we were just there. That is an evolving so my next piece was just like leadership, self-evaluation, and what does it look like to run a company and be in charge of people, right? So I feel like this is a, as a business owner, this is always evolving and you will find like, sometimes you'll hire your friends and it doesn't work out. Sometimes you hire your friends and it works out like, and so you are establishing how you want to run a company and how we want to run a company and how we want to be leaders inside of our organization. How do we want to show up? And that looks at like, that looks at industry pay. Like if you're going to pay, how you're going to pay people that looks at how you're going to take care of people, why they're here with you, communication styles. Are you going to communicate with somebody, you know, via phone or tech and being upfront with that person about what is the best way to do that. And it's also, if things are not working out is to address it quickly when it goes on for a long time is where resentment kicks in. So it's better to be brutal. I don't want to say brutal. That's not in direct. Yeah, direct. Yeah, you can be lovingly direct. Yes. And it's good to be direct up front. And that way people are established. And if directness is not comfortable, like an easy thing for you in your business, like Kate talked about hiring an integrator, find someone that you're bringing on that is direct and will be better for your company overall. It's actually such a good call. Chandra's so much better at being direct than me. Oh my God, our phone calls are so hilarious. I just like ramble on and she's like, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, got it. <laughs> but like, that's the way I operate with you, but you always want more from me, right? That's it's like, because we're married. Okay, I know, right? So it's, see, this is why it's good to have someone. And even if you are yeah, not Yeah, I'm not partnered, seeking emotional intimacy with Chandra. <laughs> right. So even if you are not in a business with a partner, like you're solo, you're a sole entrepreneur, you're running your own show, or you have a company or whatever, like it's very helpful to find someone. Eventually you will evolve where you get somebody between you. If you're the visionary of what you're doing, you're going to have to have somebody that's in between you and your team. Because having someone, I noticed this in the construction industry since we just finished a construction project in our house all the time, the owners of the company will answer the phone. And I'm like, this is unsustainable, right? Like it's not helpful to me as a customer. And I was like, you need somebody that's going to book appointments, get a phone call to be returned because they're so busy as the owner of a, like a plumbing or electrical business. They're out there in the field. Last thing they should be doing is getting estimates or pulling that for my business. Well, I think that comes from a hyper identified element with a beautiful work ethic, which is like, you know, I am capable. I am more valuable the more I'm able to handle everything myself. Like it's very, it's a classic. I'm just saying like, I notice it a lot in New England and I know it's everywhere as well. I just, you know, happen to live in New England and I almost always have that whole, like, especially Mainers, like there's just this idea of like this, pull it up from the bootstraps, like scrappy, you know, capable, resourceful salt of the earth, which I love. And also it can catch you limiting your growth and limiting your impact because and I'm not saying this is only for Mainers, this is for everyone, this belief that the more you are handling yourself, the more valuable you are is actually the opposite. Because what we've experienced is with these construction companies, the more the owner is trying to handle themselves, the less valuable they are to us as a customer. And so just keep that in mind. Yes. And then it almost be that you get to that point. Be, I mean, so, a lot, sometimes you get to that point because things just evolve over time. And you're like, how did I even end up here? Because it just happened. You well, know? right, and, because you're doing too many things or moving right. too fast so that you don't build in those sort of fertile void periods where you can rest and reflect. Right. And tinker. Yeah. I'm cool. very I'm much, I have a November and December marked off as a fertile void period in our company to rest and tinker. Okay, so this one is Excuse for me. people who are in business with their partners, but also anybody is to get crystal clear on roles and responsibility mm. in your company. Role confusion is such a time suck when you don't know who's responsible for what. And if it's unclear, we had a whole almost an entire year, if not longer in our company where we had two different people, neither of whom work with us anymore, but we loved both of them. Two people where even me as the owner of the company or the co-owner did not know the difference between their roles. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to use fake names. I was like, is this Sally's job or is this Hannah's job? And like, I didn't even know. And so if I didn't even know, other people didn't know either. And like, neither did these two people. And so it's really important that when you hire somebody, there's a clear job description and that you have check-ins like every 30 days at first and then every 90 days to just check in like and read over the job description. Are these things happening? Are there things we need to update? You know, one of the things I do is I check in with our team members. How's it going? How's your workload going? 
Do you have capacity for more? Is it too much now? Because also the seasons of life change. You know, we have a team member now who's homeschooling. And so the season of her life has changed. And I really want to honor that and create a work environment that's supportive of her life choices because I love her. So we had a conversation and she was like, yeah, no, I don't have capacity for that anymore because this season of my life has changed. And I was like, great, we will reallocate that. So just continuing to be clear about roles and responsibilities and who's doing what. I would say on the home front, we've talked about this a lot. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Making a list of everything that needs to happen in your life and deciding who's going to do what so that the invisible labor of tending and caring for a home and the humans that you love and possibly the pets that you love as well and the land that you love so that that invisible labor that has not been historically valued becomes visible. Like we need to stop as a culture relying on the invisible labor that has historically fallen on women's shoulders and make it visible so that we can begin to value it as an essential part of our economy, because it is. Unfortunately, much of the caregiving invisible labor is still unpaid. And I don't know the solution to that, but I do know at least becoming aware of it is a huge part of the solution. And so we can all do that in our own homes and be part of that transformation that we really desperately need. Boom. Soapbox moment. Mm. What's your next one, honey? Well, I put other people won't understand you. So <laughs> if you're, you know, starting, you're running your own business for, I would say, I think still today, like, I don't know. I would be very curious, like have some random person ask my parents what their son does. You know, I'm just like, so not other people won't understand you. Your parents. Won't yeah. Well, no, you. they're an example <laughs> like your parents, but like the close people around you are not going to understand what you're doing you know, that are in your life at that moment in time, a lot of the time. Sometimes they will, depending on what, you know, it's like your family is a family of entrepreneurs. So they just get it. You're like, okay, well, you're just running your own business. Well, Great. one side. Yeah. And so one side of it on the on your mom's side. And so they are all like sitting around talking to them about business and strategy and marketing. It's like constant. We'll go to breakfast and your Aunt Lori's just like, okay, what are you working on? What about this? What about that? You know, and it's just like, it's cool. We can't leave a family visit without like having a new business plan. Yeah, there's always, it's always. I remember, I think one, what was it like four years ago, right before Penelope might've been born. I think Lori gave me three business ideas that I should start. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. Now I don't even remember what they were, but yeah, just like even my friends when I was starting my business, really getting going in 2010, people were like, well, what are you going to... And I was traveling a lot. Like I was flying all over the country. I was traveling all over the country. I was living in different places. So I just kept moving, right? I've moved, I moved what, 20 times in 16 years before we lived in our house that we're currently in. And people were just like, well, what are you going to keep doing? Why are you starting this? What are you going to do this? And I remember I had one friend that I was at their house and they're like, well, that's never going to work. And he was right. Like, I, I did not continue with that business project that I was thinking. It did, like, to the degree that that was training ground for what we created, it right. did work. No, so exactly. That's what I'm going to say. Like, that specific project did not work for a variety of reasons, but it led to the next stepping ground of what was working, right? It's I look at all of the stuff that I did leading up to that time as like a stepping stone, you know, and meeting people. And some people have been in my life. Some people have moved out of my life, like from friends, but also other business associates. And it's just a constant learning process through that. I mean, that it was like the learnings of life for me. 
you know, and so there were people that would the learnings of the life learnings of life with Mike Watts. With Mike Watts, that's a good. That's like a PBS <laughs> NPR show. Welcome to the learnings. It's like on being with Krista. What's her name? Krista, Krista Tibbet. Tibbet. It's like when you Welcome listen to her. To on Welcome being. to on being with Krista it's Tibbet. Very relaxed. Yeah, it is. Welcome. And insightful. Welcome to Learnings of Life with Mike Watts. Learning number one. I don't know. But for me, it was, it's that. It's like people won't understand what you're actually doing. You know, it's like when our neighbors, like I'm a doctor and I operate on people. It's like, oh, okay. But like if people are like, well, what do you do? Well, I have an online educational company that it helps women entrepreneurs do this. And, this, and they're like, oh, cool. You know, and then some people ask more questions and some people won't. So I think it's just something as you're getting started, it's just like to realize like a lot of your people in your life will be like, what is happening here? If it's outside of the traditional norm, let's say. Yeah. And to not let that side rail you, like just because they don't get it doesn't mean it won't work eventually. And I would highly recommend getting yourself around a community who does get it so that you can be affirmed in your choices on an ongoing basis instead of challenged in your choices. So I would consider doing something like join origin for that kind mm. of community. It's good. Good sales pitch. I like that. Well, it's true. Isolation know, and loneliness true. is like, yeah. that'll get you. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's a hundred. And we, especially now, like with the time what we're talking about right now. Yeah. You can't right? go to conferences and do, do those things. So you need community more than ever. And mostly the way you're going to connect is online right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So next up is boundaries. So I had a, I did an Instagram post last week that got a lot of traction about Mike and I sitting at a restaurant on date night having a fight. And that is not something I think that has really happened before. It was sort of, it was one of the most Jerry Springer-esque experiences of my life, even though it was a very, you know. The Instagram post or us sitting at dinner? No, us sitting at dinner. Oh, yeah. That was weird. It was not awesome. So we were the couple. It's not like we were like yelling at each other. No one threw glasses or like turned over tables. But I definitely cried. And there was definitely like, I'm sure I got loud at one point. Not in a wildly inappropriate way. But luckily, you know, we were sitting in a parking lot under a tent with social distancing. Our table was really <laughs> far away from other people. But had it been a normal time at a normal restaurant experience, it would have been a little awkward. So anyway, the reason I bring that up. I'm pretty sure it was awkward for the server. That's fine. He's like, you guys need anything else? You want dessert? No. <laughs> no. He's like, Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we'll take the check. Okay, great. Well, it was one of the. By it was, that time in the night, we had. Yeah, it was better. We had resolved. But it was the dinner where I asked Kate, I was like, should we just get our food to go? You know, and you were like, no. No, because here's the thing about. It makes expensive it food. I don't like eating expensive food in a to-go container. No, it's not good. It just like, it's like, why am I going to pay, you know, $28 for an entree that I'm eating out of compostable? It just like doesn't do it for me. It's no, just, it you know, like it. I like yeah. the dining experience. And if I'm not going to have yeah. the dining experience, I'll just make something at home. So, okay. The okay ready? Anyways, ready? So ready? No, no, no. Hold on. Here we go. Life lessons. With Mike, wait, no, lessons for life with Mike Watts. If you're planning on getting a fight with your partner, go to an expensive restaurant and enjoy the expensive meal. Why you're upset with each other? That way, it'll taste better. <laughs> okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But 
Anyway, the reason I bring up boundaries is because the whole issue that we were having between one another really boils down to boundaries. So I have had a tendency over the years, which I am really, I think finally I understand, that I will just like bring things up with Mike whenever because I'm like, well, he's right here. But Mike has repeatedly asked me to make an appointment with him to talk about specific business things the very same way I would with somebody on our team. And I just, for whatever reason, it took me 10 years to understand what he was saying. I think I finally get it. And I don't think we need to have another fancy meal out fighting for me to get it. But the boundary to understand, like, there is a boundary between our personal life and our business life. And you can't just, like, bring up a business topic that you want to talk about while we're, you know, trying to put the kids in bed or driving to a play date or whatever. And also, like, don't – Mike is a Virgo, so he likes categories, which I respect. So I – like to sometimes historically, I'm going to put this historically, bring up things that in my head are money related during our money meeting because they are conversations about money that we are considering spending or not. But for Mike, that is not actually what the purpose of the money meeting is because the money meeting is about tending to allocation and budgeting and paying things and whatever of what we actually have. And then we need to have a separate conversation because I often will bring it up at the tail end of the money meeting. It's too long. The kids are going nuts. Da, 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 da. So all of this to say boundaries, like having a clear boundary between personal and business life, having like I've talked about going to my office is such an amazing boundary for me now. Like my work isn't just like sort of seeping in everywhere. It's so clear. When I get home, I'm done. When I leave for the office, I'm working. So that's been amazing, but boundaries in our relationship also around business to know that like if I want to talk about planning this retreat, that we need to have a meeting for that, just like I would with a team member, which sort of I'm going to connect this with another one, which is to not take each other for granted and treat one another in business. Now, this is for people who work with their partners. This can be taken for your employees. And employees, yeah. Yeah. And or if you work with a friend. Everything Kate is saying right now, if you have a team... Apply all of this to your team. So like I wouldn't just randomly call up one of my team members on a Sunday morning and be like, hey, we need to talk about the budget for this thing. I would never do that. But I have repeatedly done that with Mike. And so I noticed the degree to which because we have such a close relationship, I was just like, well, we're together already. Let's just talk about it. And this is like a whole other thing with my tendency to feel really urgent about things and have anxiety about it. So I want to just like figure it out so I can stop thinking about it. But my urgency around something is not Mike's problem. And that's also a learning that I continue to learn. So anyway, just boundaries. Like this is where I end. This is where you begin. This is where my work ends. This is where my life begins. And I love integration and I love that we get to talk about business together and, you know, all of that stuff. And I love that I talk to a lot of my friends about business. But at the same time, integration is one thing, but sometimes we need to compartmentalize. And that's a lesson I continue to learn. And the more I do it, the better it is because it conserves energy. When everything's leaking into each other, it's very draining energetically. But when you get some containers, it's just like organizing your home, right? If you have a whole bunch of junk, getting some containers to organize it and categorize it can really, really help. Same thing in your business. I love that.
any words on boundaries, any? Create them, follow them. Well, I think also what else? <laughs> Mike on boundaries, create them, follow them. Create them and follow them. Also, what's helpful, I believe, is when you are having meetings, even if it's like a one or two, because I just, I was thinking back when you were sharing the example, one of the issues that we've had in our meetings, like Kate and I meeting together to talk about things is that she will, not just a money meeting, but other meetings will will bring like, and I do this as well, but it's it's not as frequent because you have expressed to me so much how much you don't like this and how much your time and et cetera. So you could create a one sentence agenda of what the meeting is going to be about. I feel like having a meeting with an agenda by far is the most important thing that you could do. There was a guy, we're getting a generator installed in our house when the power keeps going out. Um, our street loses all power the time. all the freaking time. So we're like, okay, we, because like a couple years ago, we were out of the house for six days or something. So, but there was a generator company, this guy that came over and talked to Kate and he, she gave me the card. So I called him and he was talking too much. He was like telling me about his kids and I'm like, all I want you to do is come give me a quote for the generator. Like, I, I don't, we, we don't need to go out to dinner. Like, just come give me. And he kept giving me all this stuff and then he called me back and I like resisted calling him back because I like, I'm not going to go with this guy. I do not want him to come over. But if he was going to come over, I ended up going with somebody else anyway. But it's like when he was going to come over and be like, listen, I got 15 minutes. Let's get in what we need to do and get out, right? So like for me, that's setting an agenda with a contractor coming over to my house. If it's in a business meeting, it's a one-on-one -on -one session. Nobody wants to be on meetings for hours on hours upon days, right? Like, especially if you like, I don't want to be on Zoom calls for eight hours a day. Good Lord, that'd be crazy. So it's when you are going into meetings, I think everybody would like to show up there, but also get off as soon as possible, right? So show up have an agenda, what the purpose of this meeting is, and then move it along. There's time to chit chat with your team. There's time to actually get to know more of your team. And then there's time to get things done, right? And so the majority of the time is going to be time to get things done. So it's that place where I think having an agenda with a meeting is a great idea is what helps with the boundary conversation. Totally. Which brings me to my next one, which is sort of a subsection of boundaries, which is systematic communication. So we have a money meeting during the week. We have a scheduling meeting during the week and we have a team meeting during the week. And that has been incredibly helpful to just get really clear, like when we are talking about what so that it doesn't seep in and having we just started having a much clearer agenda for our team meetings. And that's been really helpful. Mike doesn't come on those anymore, but just from, a, you know, from a company perspective, like the whole team knows Mondays at one we are together. This is what we do. We go through our metrics. We share what we're working on during the week. We get questions answered. We talk about a fun thing we did over the weekend. And that is that. And it's awesome. So that's that on boundaries and systematic communication, having specific standing dates for talking about specific repeat things. Because if you don't talk about things, you will get in fights. And if you don't talk about things, things will get missed mm. and things will get messed up. And so the 15 minute scheduling meeting that we do every Sunday night or 30 minutes, but usually it's closer to 15, saves us hours of arguments, hours mm -hmm. and possibly a divorce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really well worth the investment. Yeah. If you're in a relationship, people, I'm not going to give relationship advice besides two things. 
talking about scheduling has been hands down great. Who's in charge of the kids? Who's doing what? Looking at that on a Sunday to a Saturday basis. Like what's happening with the next week? Who's traveling? Who's got to do what? Who's got to stay late at work? Like it's so valuable. It e- eases the strain on rela- relationships and marriages and partnerships. They're already challenging. Right. And then you put all these other dynamics that's in there. But getting that clear on is helpful. And then I would say my my next biggest point is is number two, it's money. It's like, what is the biggest lessons we've learned in business is is taking care of our financial life. It's putting in the work that Amber Duggar taught us from amberduggar.com. Kate forward slash profit. Oh, Kate forward slash profit. Go there. Everything with the YNAB with understanding our financial picture. And we're still in this process today. Kate and I have very similar money patterns. And so it's breaking those habits of what that money pattern looks like. And that'll be a lifelong process. And so that's great. But we are in a way better position today than we were three to four years ago. And we, in 2018, we put ourselves in a very tight financial position from a company perspective. And it's because we weren't paying attention to the right things and understanding what that looks like. And it wasn't about us like investing in the right stocks or getting early in the market. This is about looking at your profit, your revenue, and what's coming in your business and what's going out of your business. And actually backing it up even more from that, which is that by the time a business choice has hit your bank account, it's too late. Yes. So backing it up, creating a scorecard and tracking our metrics every week, which PS is a whole lesson that we've been doing in September in Origin. So if you're in Origin, you already have access to the how-to lesson on how to set up your metrics, what to track, why it's relevant, why it's too late when your revenue has dipped, and also our Maven Masterclass with Natalie Lussier, the founder of Access Ally. She gave us an incredible insight into the different types of metrics to track, how to track them, all of that. So mm. if you're in Origin, you already have that. If you're not part of Origin, you will get access to that when you join in October, OriginCollective.com. Cool. I just have one more. Yeah. So after that. Because what I wanted to say, I just have one more too. What I wanted to say is if you are not tracking your metrics like email open rates or subscribers or you know conversion rates or whatever, by the time it takes about three months for those metrics to impact your bank account. So by the time the revenue dips or increases, it's like too late to go back and change it versus if you're tracking metrics every single week, you can see like what happened with us in 2018 is something happened with our email delivery and nobody caught it because we weren't tracking consistently. So overnight, our open rates went from like 20% to 9% and they didn't recover. And then three months later, we had a cash flow problem, but Mm -hmm. we could have caught that with our email deliverability. Okay. Yeah. Just, oh, and then financial clarity. I mean, having a meeting with your partner or people in your life that help you out and then just making sure you know where you are in a business standpoint from financials, but also at the personal home front of being here together. My last one that I have is having a basic understanding of marketing and how beneficial that has been. You don't have to be an expert at marketer. You don't have to know how to run Facebook ads. You just have to be able to walk around your town and like chuckle at the way, you know, it's like it's it. <laughs> and there's a sign at a local gas station that says free air. You know, you can put in your tires. But then uh, right underneath it, it says attended five dollars. 
I know what it like. I'm confused. Do I have to get into pay an attendant five dollars to put in free air, or can I just load up with the free air? Right. So it's a little bit confusing what that actually means. So it'll actually detract people from even going over to the free air thing to get air in their tires, and they'll drive to another place. So it's just it's a little bit confusing. And so when you walk around your town, just start reading signs that's out there and how people are marketing their business to say, does this attract me in? Is this effective? Is this not effective? Even, you know, going through a program like B-School or Digital Course Academy with Amy Porterfield, something as simple as that. Or origin. Or, or yeah, origin. As I teach marketing in origin. <laughs> Kate teaches marketing in origin. So it's having, uh, let's start an origin. Um, well, because you can't join B-School or DCA right now. <laughs> right, but you can join origin. So it's like just having an understanding of what marketing is for your business is so valuable. And then using that information that you know that works to turn that into a product or service that can benefit and help people. And just to really like offer that information. And it's that goes back to the money piece. Because if your money game is not clear for yourself or you're not confident of actually making money and you're living in this old story, all the marketing is, it's not going to, you know, it just, it doesn't work. It won't work for you because we're still not clear on what our values are or comfortable even making money in the world that we currently live in and operates on making money. So it's putting those three pieces of things together or two pieces when it comes to the marketing aspect and having a basic understanding of what that looks like. Totally. My final one is there's nothing wrong with endings. Hmm. So circling back to where we started we have a cultural brainwashing that has told us that an ending is bad. Listen, we're all dying. Life is ending right now. All around us, people are dying. Trees are dying. Animals are dying. The sun's going to set tonight. It's going to be winter. The trees are going to hibernate. Bugs are going to die. Like, things end. Everything ends. And so in business, you know, we have this belief that like if somebody is no longer going to work for us or work with us or then it's bad, like that somehow we failed. And the truth is everything's going to end. So when something ends to assume that it's because you failed is erroneous. So the final thing is to know that endings are natural and normal and rather than judge them or feel guilty or feel bad or feel like you're a failure, to honor them and really learn from them and make space for them. So for us ending this podcast, it's just been interesting how many people are like, well, well why? Why would you end the podcast? Especially because we are having record downloads right now. Um, it's amazing. We're going to have the biggest month that we've had in four years, our final month. September, I think, is going to be, we've already matched August numbers and we're halfway through the month. Yes. Yeah. Thank you to Dr. Zach Bush. Yep. Um, that's been sort of epic downloads. We and, did, the, and our announcement. And our announcement yeah. that we're ending the show. But endings can be beautiful. You know, people who work in hospice, people who work in end of life care, they know this. They know that death is one of the most beautiful things you could witness. And I've never witnessed a death. However, I'm working on being more present with endings and really making space for them. So in your business, in your life, 
There's nothing wrong with an ending. It's normal. We're all dying. And so, like, let's just be with it. I witnessed a death the other day. Ruby and I were walking down the street and she goes, bug, and then oh. just jumps on it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, Ruby. And then we took a moment after she stepped on this bug and the bug died. I was like, Ruby, this bug had a really great life. You know, we were talking about it. So we said a prayer and sent the bug off. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that was beautiful. I agree. I think it's it's we look at this place because there's a lot of endings is also associated with failure, right? Like you said, it's like I'm ending and I failed. But this person left our team. We failed. We didn't do a good enough job. And it's only a failure if you didn't learn from it. Yeah. But yeah, everything is going to end. Mm -hmm. So there you go. <laughs> the end. Thanks for listening. We'll be with you next week for actually our final episode. What if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were doing the right thing at the right time in your business? For 28 days, I'm hosting a free experience called Right Thing, Right Time. And during it, you will do a simple, incredible data tracking practice that is going to help you align your business and your productivity and workflow with the innate intelligence of your body and nature to get into peak flow so you can kick indecision to the curb, work less, and get better results. You can learn all about it and join us over at katenorthrup.com forward slash R-T-R-T. -R -T. Again, it's a 28-day free experience called Right Thing, Right Time, and you can join us at katenorthrop.com forward slash R-T-R-T. -R -T.